Welcome to another exciting edition of uh, the Thought Police. It's Mike Graham and it's Kevin O'Sullivan. I was away last week, I'm afraid. So actually, um, we were able to produce a best of, which, a was, compilation. which was rather good, wasn't it? Yeah, a compilation. It was good, I listened yeah. to that because we forget, we talk so much, right, you and I, that you forget some of the things that you've actually said. <laughs> um, so it's often useful to listen back to it to make sure that you're, uh, uh, <laughs> to, you're still to, on to the To check same you page. actually said that. Yeah, I know. Did it's I true. say that? It's a funny thing, though. I mean, I've done so many... I don't even know how many hours of radio I've now done in my radio career, but I used to sometimes finish a show and I'd come off and somebody would go, so what did you talk about today? And I wouldn't remember. Yeah. You literally, as soon as you're out of the studio, you're kind of going, what? I, you, I, I, actually, I can't remember. Do you get that thing when you go to dinner parties or you're with people in the pub and you, you start, they start talking about politics or something and you start sort of giving your views and you think, Jesus, this is like being on the fucking radio. I know. It's like your, your busman's holiday, you're doing it again. Well, I, I get a lot of grief. Uh, I was away last week in, in the Isle of Wight with my family and I get a lot of grief from them because I get the, after, it normally takes about two hours when I get down to Sussex, you know, you're not on the fucking radio now. Yeah, yeah, is I, all I get. get that, yeah. Why can't you just talk to someone without disagreeing with them? I'm like, well, it's not that. It's just that I know more about it than you do. So I'm telling you what the facts are. It's not that I'm disagreeing yeah. with you, but you don't know what you're talking about. But, but, but people are always stunned. Because doing this job, you have to appraise yourself of the facts. You, yeah. the info, you have to read all the stories. And you sit at dinner parties and stuff, and people go, oh, I'm not so sure about this. And, and then you, you're able to just <laughs> spew out all these statistics, and they look at you with their jaws But dropped. don't you also find that over the course of time that you and I have known each other, it's very difficult to be friends with anyone who's not a journalist. Because uh, most ordinary people... First of all, we'll quite often take offence at something that you might say. Whereas other journalists, I mean, like, I think there's, I don't think there's anything you could say to me that would make me take yeah. offence, right? Yeah. And the same with the, with me to you. But most people who are not like us have a kind of you know sensitivity about things, yeah. and they don't like arguing. Yeah. Whereas you and I argue all the time because yeah. that's what we do. And then also there's that sort of journalist black humour. So the other day, oh yeah, somebody uh, we were talking about Erdogan, the Turkish oh, yeah. president, saying that. Um, uh, that it was no, it wasn't. It was the uh, it was a Malaysian guy, the oh, former Mahathir Mohammed, yeah, who said oh, this that, is the guy that, who thought that, that it, it was, was a, justified yeah, yeah. for uh, to kill uh, four hundred thousand French people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I said, you know, I'm not entirely against that. It's got its advantages. I think that's an offensive graceful. Yeah, I mean, somebody actually sent quite a funny tweet to me today, which I was going to read out, but didn't in the end. Which is not quite as savage as that, but it was like, you know, people are now concerned that the police are going to be breaking up you know, Christmas Day and kicking people out of houses, something we've all wanted for years. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you get stuck it's in the old family round the Christmas dinner table, you want to make sure auntie doesn't have too much of the sherry before lunch, you know. There's a, there's a lot of people saying that uh, if, if it ruins traditional Christmas, this lockdown, I'm all for yeah. it. You know. I mean, here's the thing that I found absolutely preposterous, right? We'll get on to the whole lockdown in a minute. But, you know, I was listening to somebody the other day talking about, you know, how Christmas is going to be a little bit different this year. Um, but what you should do is, you know, if you're not able to have your family round, what you should do is go and find somebody who's, you know, lonely and bring them in. Well, you can't. Because oh, that will work well, won't it? You can't, can you? Well, I don't think you can. No, One, against the law. But also, two, um, why would you, if you can't have the people round to a dinner that you want to have, why would you invite other people round? Yes. It's this kind of endless do-gooding people in society who just want to do good all the time. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's all very well. But can you imagine... I mean, somebody might come knock on my door because yeah. I live in my own in a flat in London. 
Do you want to come around for yeah. Christmas dinner? No, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. The bad news is <laughs> the bad news is we can't have our friends and love round, loved ones around for Christmas. The good news is I've managed to find someone that we've never met before in yeah, our lives. Right. Great. Who, who will really enjoy spending fuck five that. hours with us around the fuck, table. Fuck that. But here we are on the brink once again of uh, another lockdown. There is there are, I would suppose, slim to none chances of something. I mean, I would like to think, for example, that when people are listening to this on Wednesday, the day before we're about to go into a lockdown, mm. that somehow Boris does something like, say, I'll tell you what, we'll be able to leave the gyms open. Not because I go to gyms, as most people would probably attest, um, <laughs> but because a lot of people who do go to gyms say, this is what we need to be able to do. We need to be able to play golf, to play tennis. You know, if kids are going to school, why the hell can I not go to a place which is relatively safe, which is uh, very good at making people self-isolate when they're doing whatever yeah. they're doing? You know, why do you have to well, shut it all down? You are now, of course, allowed to uh, go for a walk around a golf course with a friend. Right. Uh, but well, as long as you're not playing golf. But you can't take your clubs and hit a ball. Uh, you know. Is that because you might have to put... I mean, I read ridiculously that when they brought golf back, you couldn't put the ball in the hole because if you put your hand in to get the ball... It might be <laughs> that you would be in contact with somebody else's hand who might have coronavirus. The rules don't make any sense. It's like it's like you know, if somebody said that if in fifty years' time, when when your grandkids turn around to you and say, "What did you do in the COVID war, Granddad?" Say, "Well, uh, we uh, we weren't allowed to play golf, and we and when we went into pubs, there were all these arrows, and we had to walk around." This <laughs> And now, when we went to Wales, oh, we weren't allowed God. to buy socks. No, you know that beat COVID. You know it's all crap. Well, I Total have to say, crap. I did um, have a sort of a sly and wry chuckle the other day. We've been doing this thing about veterans this week because we're coming up to Remembrance Sunday, and of course we can't have Remembrance Sunday this mm -hmm. week, this this month because of COVID, right? Mm. And I interviewed this 96-year-old guy who, when he was something like I know, 17, I heard it. They all got joined the SAS, amazing, right? Joined yeah. the SAS, learned how to become a paratrooper. Paratro you know, parachuted into you know, enemy territory in France, then somehow survived, then came back, then went back again. And then, didn't he, I had to sort of drag out of him the fact that when he was in one of his uh, patrols, the jeep hit a landmine, blew up, He's laughing, right? He's going, you should have seen the state of the Jeep. You could never tell it was a Jeep. Yeah. You know, it was it's all like, over the place. There's nothing left I of got, it. I got thrown over a hedge, you know, yeah. but I was all right. But, of course, he said, uh, I can't go to um, to Westminster on the Armistice Day because it's too dangerous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's fucking mad. I mean, but you just sort of go, what's happened? But, uh, you know, we should look to it that generation you know they think we're, we're currently classifying everyone over the age of 70 as vulnerable right. i think you know this is a fact you get wisdom of age you get wiser as you get older these are wise people uh so i was in a pub the other day and this old guy he gets up and he's walking to the loo and of course right. you're supposed to put your mask on yeah, you. yeah and he and i looked at him sort of smiled he goes oh no i'm not wearing a mask <laughs> am i uh, i said no you're not and he went I'm 92. What the fuck do I care? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, I mean, but but you know, there's a straight side to that, a serious side to that, which is that a lot of people of that age want to go to the pub because it's the only thing that they do, yeah. and it's the only place they meet people. It's the only place they have a conversation, and many of them, if they didn't do that, would literally not see anyone. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I don't blame them for doing that. And I mean, you know. Of course, nobody wants to see old people dying. I mean, that nonsense from Hancock when he said, you know, don't kill your granny. Mm. Well, nobody wants to kill their granny, but granny might actually want to see you, no. in which case you have to make that choice. 
I already killed my granny, so uh, that was... I mean, I only knew one of my grannies, to be honest, because the other one died before I was born. But, I mean, uh, it's just such a ludicrous state that we found ourselves in because we are now split, aren't we, into you either want to do the right thing and just do what you're told because, you know, that's otherwise you're being reckless and dangerous and you're not, you know, complying. But but to back up the government's uh, monolithic myopic policy they will not listen to any other opinions except the one they've decided to follow which is lockdown 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 yeah. we know that the first lockdown and three month lockdown didn't well work. they accept you know two weeks ago they didn't want to do lockdown yeah. because that was the last thing yeah. they wanted no, to but, do but but now they want to do it even though we know the first one didn't work otherwise why would we do we'd be doing another one of course. we're having a second lockdown because the first one didn't work so the next one won't work <laughs> as, as well but what they say is and then the people that i think you and i support Mike, which are the uh, the great body of scientific experts who think lockdowns aren't necessary mm. and that all you have to do or we should do is the sort of Swedish model in which we, we protect the vulnerable and the rest of us get on with our lives and save the economy. Uh, that is dismissed because the government say it's practically uh, totally impossible for us to protect the vulnerable. What a load of bollocks. Yeah. The the vulnerable are over 70. They'll protect themselves. Yeah. They will do the sensible thing. And by the way, so would the rest of the nation. If you told us, you, if you treated us like grown-ups uh, and didn't keep locking us down, we would do the right thing mm. and I think everything would be fine. I mean, but there is this kind of, um, again, narrative which is being built up by the politicians, which is blaming you know, young people, university students for spreading the virus or by not doing it properly. Well, okay, but if you're going to do that, then surely you should take some account of the fact that the places where you say that infections are spreading is because of the students, Mm. not because of the old people. And most of the students who have got it, who are testing positive for it, are fine, right? So so what are you doing? Why are you making policy that affects everybody based upon your being pissed off with a few students? Fucking Tory MPs all tweeting pictures of students having some fun yeah, yeah. saying this is why we've got to go into lockdown. Yeah. Like, these people right. no 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 these students did not put us into lockdown I'll tell you who put us into lockdown is your fucking boss Boris Johnson because yeah. he's scared shitless of his own shadow he really is and uh, that's why we're going into lockdown we don't need to be going into lockdown uh, it will only postpone the inevitable that's all lockdowns do they postpone uh, why are we postponing oh we're buying time buying time for what mm. for what I know. Well, buying time so that we can all have a good Christmas. And that's all very well up to a point. But sure as fate, we will get to December the 2nd. And despite what Boris Johnson says now, because let's face it, if Boris Johnson said to you today, uh, it's Tuesday, you would check the calendar because you'd wonder why he was saying it. And now when he says, well, we'll be definitely out of it by December the 2nd, you go, really? Because two weeks ago you said we wouldn't be having this. Now we're having it. So in a month's time, you might have changed your complete uh, tack to decide that actually we want to shut the schools. Anything's possible now. I mean, the man's a shambles. I mean, the the shambles of Saturday... You know, when he, the, the big statement... Oh, the four o'clock, four o'clock uh, meeting, Five yeah. o'clock, 5.30, finally Six. comes out at quarter to seven. He looked like a school kid who'd missed the bus. Oh, no. late, missed the bus. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. It really is. Can't it's... he get his crap together? Also, why did he have to do a press conference on Saturday anyway? Just because the story had been leaked. So what? So what? So you, what? You're going to do it on Monday. Do it on Monday. Exactly. Give us the bloody weekend off. Exactly right. So so they, they put forward as if the nation should be really fascinated 
fascinated with this. Someone has leaked. Mm. We think it might be Matt Hancock. Yeah. We're all going, who gives a fuck? Right, nobody and cares. And then Boris, as you quite rightly said, well, I'll have to bring forward my announcement. Why? Yeah, I know. We don't care. He doesn't have to do it. The we other don't thing care if there I was thought, a leak, do it on Monday. The other thing I thought that didn't look great was that interview he gave to uh, the Mirror for Pride of Britain, something that you and I were involved in for years. Right. Um, him and Carrie sitting on a couch talking about how he wanted to nominate those two nurses that saved his life, you yeah. know, the one from yeah. New Zealand yeah. and the other one, I think, from Portugal, right? Yeah. And she's sitting there talking about our family as if that's the only family he's got. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not one of those <laughs> he's people. He's got several. Well, exactly, but <laughs> it just the optics were just not good. Now, he's got I don't several care. that we know about. No, I don't care, and I'm not one of those who attacks politicians for their private Absolutely life, and I don't not, care no. about any of that. I don't care about but, Boris's but don't, kids. But don't sit there and pretend that this is the, the, you know, the Boris Johnson family. Because it isn't. Because he's already got several. Yeah, it's and his it's just, latest family. And it's just yet another example, I think, of how he's getting it wrong so, all the time. Yeah, it's his latest family. Yeah. Uh, but the, he, his ability to communicate with the people, he's supposed to be a great communicator. He can't communicate. And no. they, the number 10 uh, publicity communications operation is an absolute disaster. Yeah, very it's snitty as well. fucking atrocious. Very snitty. They don't like to be challenged. They don't like anyone who doesn't agree with them. You know, that's what politics how, is about, isn't how it? How did they allow Marcus Rashford and the Labour Party to successfully paint a picture of Britain as if it was a Dickensian hellhole? Because they don't... Of, you know what's interesting? I read an interesting... It's not um, like that. It's I, rubbish. I read an interesting take on that, and it was about the fact that Dominic Cummings has got such disregard for the media that he didn't see it coming that he thinks that the media really is against all government he's one of these wonks who thinks mm. that you know we shouldn't give them anything because they'll eat us in the end they'll destroy us in the end so we treat them with absolute and utter disdain that's why they've got their favorites that's why they have people that they talk to and people that they ban but as a result of that policy they did not see that somebody like Marcus Rashford could actually embarrass the hell out of them, mm -hmm. which is exactly what he's done. Yeah. They, you all, know. all they needed to do was to spell out exactly why it's actually a very bad idea to give kids free school meals when the schools yeah. are shut in the holiday. Right. It's a bad idea and it's very explainable, but they didn't bother to do that. Therefore, they end up looking like evil workhouse bosses starving uh, children. I know. There aren't very many starving children, uh, you know, Last time, it's, it's like, which uh, child crisis are we going to talk about this week? Should we do child uh, hunger mm. or should we do child obesity? Yeah, but there the is two this, don't seem to go together, there is, do again, they? There is this kind of, um, you know, what I call charity porn that goes on in this country where is. people lump onto some bandwagon, you know, like people. I mean, I remember having a conversation with that woman from the Labour Party up in the northeast of England who lost her seat, whose name I've already forgotten. Oh, Caroline French? Flint? No, no, Caroline Flint was one of the moderates. Mary Craig. No, no, this is the woman who um, was at one point touted as being the next leader. You know, I'm not talking about... Oh, oh Pick Pickford? Oh, you, you're on the right track. There's definitely a P involved. Yeah. Um, Laura somebody, maybe? Anyway, I had a conversation with her where she talks about po you know, poverty and, and I said to her, you know, that all of these statistics that get trotted out about food banks and about people mm. who are dependent upon food banks... I said, you know, if you opened a shop that gave away free televisions, there'd be a queue around the block for people for a free television. Yeah. If you open up a food bank for people to get food because it's free, they're going to turn up. Now, yeah. I'm not going to say to you that there aren't people in this country who are suffering and struggling, yeah. and probably now more than ever, but this was before the election. This was before COVID. Mm. This was before any of that happened. Laura Pidcock, I think it was, wasn't it? Something like um, that. Yeah. And she said, 
Yeah, and she was absolutely dis disgracefully sort of uh, di disappointed that I could even ever say such a thing. Yeah, because that you know I didn't believe because the figure was something like you know four million children living in poverty. Well, they are. That's because there's a, there's an actual. Well, that's because if you make if you make less than twenty one grand a that's year, right, you're, you're in, in poverty. Po poverty. And I was trying to make this point to her, but people would rather smash the Tories up and say, yeah, but it's because they're all these horrible right wingers who are all living high on the hog. And of course, the Tories don't help themselves by, you know, living high on the hog and by having a reasonable amount of money. Yeah. But nevertheless, people are very willing to accept that we live in this terrible society. Dickensian, Dickensian workhouse, ni nightmare, you know, where, thing, where in fact, you know, people who do live on the welfare there's, state... There's very, very few starving kids around. Well, I've never seen any. Yeah, uh, you know, mostly they're just fat. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the whole th the thing about um, uh, food banks is... You know, again, like you, Mike, I wouldn't say that there aren't people who actually need food banks. Uh, there are some people who really do live in terrible poverty and food banks uh, are a nice service for them. But make no mistake, food banks are used as a political football yeah. by the left. So they're regularly used in press releases, such as nurses are so underpaid, yeah. they're turning to food banks. Yeah. Uh, you know, taxi drivers are turning to food yeah. banks. Uh, food banks are used and then, and then and most of these stories are in The Guardian and, and, or, and they will or say, The Mirror. Well, of course they are. And they, Labour politicians will say, that in the 21st century, a country like Britain needs food banks mm. is an absolute scandal and a disgrace. No, no, no. We'll, we'll get rid of them all. Won't make any difference. No, exactly. Won't make no difference. Exactly. So you're, they're there in order for you, you twat Labour idiot, to say what you just said. Well, it's like Corbyn. Do you remember when he started doing Prime Minister's Questions with Theresa May and he used to have that ridiculous kind of method of going, I've had an email from, you know, Mary in Kilmarnock yeah, 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 yeah. who's asking this question. Carol from Canterbury wants to and know. And you just go, really? Nobody really is buying any of that stuff. We know that you've made them all up. <laughs> yeah, we know that you've made it all up in the press office just before you came on. You know, nobody has sent you that email. It's an absolute load of old cobblers. You're trying to make a political point, and therefore you're, you're using <laughs> this imaginary woman who apparently is a nurse in yeah. a special ward. You know, old it's bollocks. A, do you remember when he? So that was his new politics, wasn't yeah, yeah. he? That he was going to take you know, represent so the, the first prime minister's yeah. <laughs> So he got into this habit. He did it for about. He, he dropped it off about two months. Well, it was ludicrous. But he did it like the second week. He said, okay. He stood up and he went, Carol from Canterbury wants to know. And you could hear there's some Tory at the back. Going, oh, Christ, here he yeah. goes. Yeah. Well, one of my favourite, um, since we're talking about Corbyn, now that he's been chucked out, was one of my favourite clips, right, of Corbyn was when he got up uh, at one point and he said, I've been to Brussels this week and I went to the chamber. And do you know what they said to me? And somebody from the back went, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and it was brilliant. And he has such a glum and, and, and unhumorous no face. No sense of humour. No well, no, lefties don't have a sense of humour. No, you, yeah. can't, you can't be a lefty and have a sense of humour, yeah. except if you want to poke fun yeah. at Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, like Borat does, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's okay. And you can be as horrible and ghastly and pernicious and nasty as you want, yeah. because he's a horrible man. Fun. So you can be funny. Corbyn, 55 years in the Labour Party, as he said, spending his whole time fighting racism. He's going to get and thrown, losing. He's going to get kicked out of the fucking Labour right. Party for being a racist. Yes, how bizarre! Yeah. Is Live that? with that, Jezza. I know, absolutely right. Sorry to say that he's in the Isle of Wight apparently now, which is, is he? Uh, obviously heard that I'd well, left. Probably because he's vulnerable. Obviously you know, heard he doesn't, that, want, doesn't want to get uh, heard that I'd left. He'd be yeah. banging taxi doors over the place.
Now, we should talk about the American election, although it's difficult for us to do it because we are talking on the day of the election. You're all set to do your all-night broadcast? Yeah, by the time people hear this, I'll have done an all-night broadcast. And uh, we may or may not know what is the result because my take on all of this is that basically what's going to happen is that Trump is going to declare victory and the Democrats are going to say he can't declare victory. And he's going to say, well, I can because you've rigged the, the mail-in ballots. And so I'm going to declare victory because all of the people that voted for me on Tuesday have won. Because apparently the prediction is that he's going to get something like 60 to 70 percent of that vote. Whereas for Biden in the mail-in ballots, it's the other way around. Right. So um, it's entirely possible that even once all the ballots are counted, Trump could still win. But he won't win a majority of the actual popular vote. Well, the popular vote is, I mean, it's a kind of irrelevant thing. Yeah. They, in fact, calling it the popular vote was a sort of trick invented by Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Uh, what it means is that if you add them all up... If you add all the individual put, you votes know, Same up, yeah. as here. It's same as here. You don't have to win the majority of the votes. No. You have to win constituencies. So when people say, oh, yeah, well, the popular vote, well, that's bollocks. Yeah. The reason that America is divided in the way that it is uh, into those electoral colleges is because if you just did it, numerically, it would be very, very unfair. Yeah. Uh, so the popular vote, if you adopted it, would be an utterly unfair system of electing a president. So if Donald Trump wins it by the electoral college system, he has won it fairly yeah. and squarely. And that's the system. You know, yeah. it's a bit like people saying, oh, but it's not fair. Like the Lib Dems always used to moan and groan about the fact that, you know, they got something like, you know, 10% of the vote, but only 4% of the seats. And you go, well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can't enter a race and say you don't agree with the rules yeah. after you don't win it. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the way it goes. Either you're in it or you're not in it. Yeah. And you should be quite thankful that you've got any seats at all because yeah. you're so bleeding hopeless. But, but you know, I, I, despite the fact that Biden is ahead in all the polls, um, there's been a very much of a closing in by definitely Trump. Definitely, the, the wind the big, has been The big changing, mo, as, yeah. as George Bush used to call it, is definitely with Trump. I think he'll win. I think he'll win the, uh, certainly win enough votes to stay in the White House anyway. Well, I'm going to bet you 10 quid. All right. Or $10. Well, you're going to take Biden. I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll take Biden for the sake of being different. Uh, I, I, I actually, I don't want Biden to win, but I think he will. I think he's too far ahead. Uh, I think Do- I think Donald Trump in the last two weeks has been absolutely phenomenal, but it's too little. He has been too little. Too well, late. you say that five rallies in a day is just incredible, superhuman. I know. I mean, I don't think I could do that. Never mind him. Also, I mean- the, the, the the Biden emails, the uh, China connection. Uh, that's come to the fore. However, disgracefully, the American media hasn't... Pre- hasn't yeah, uh, but also I it. think, do we not find ourselves now slightly, um, to a lesser extent in this country, but certainly in America, it seems to me anyway, um, that people who vote for Trump will vote for Trump no matter what. People who vote Democrat, anti-Trump, will vote anti-Trump. Mm. Because who There's on their right... That. So nobody in their right mind votes for Joe Biden. He's a terrible candidate. He's awful, hopeless. Public speaking, yeah. he can barely manage to get a sentence yeah. out without scrambling it. But he, he reckons can, he can beat George, though. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that may well be true. But, you know, the bottom line is it, it's, it's just not a very good choice for Silly anyone who's... The fucker can't even remember the name of his rival. <laughs> It's neutral. I know. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't George, know where he which is. is what? He doesn't, well, let's he's just say. He's George. You know, he's he's going, Trump. He's going, Trump. 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 You know, he's probably forgotten that he was even in the White House with, yeah. uh, with Obama, right? Yeah. He's in, he's, you know, he doesn't know where he is most of the time. He doesn't, Come on, he, man. He can't tell the difference between his wife and his sister. He doesn't know. 
<laughs> who the president is. Apart from that, he's a great choice. It's you know. unbelievable that America could be poised to elect a man who's clearly, you know, you can make a joke and say he's suffering from extreme advanced uh, dementia. It's not that, but th- th- there's no doubt this guy is well over his cognitive Oh, best. totally. He's on the downhill totally. slide. Yeah. He's not all there. No, he's definitely not. And it's amazing uh, that uh, America is about to possibly accept him as the new president. And of the that's United where States. I think is the Achilles heel for the Biden campaign. That in the end, in the final analysis, a lot of people who might not tell the pollsters that they're not going to vote uh, for Biden, um, but will tell them they're not going to vote for Trump, will then vote for Trump because Trump looks like he's 20 years younger. Yeah, people who he know, just does. Yeah, uh, uh, people who know. Uh, I mean, you and I know America quite well. Well, do you know, America. I would say that I know it less than I did. Ten years ago, but we know. It, but people who know it better than me, yeah. uh, they, they, what they say is about this election is, uh, whoever wins Pennsylvania wins. Yes. So if Biden cannot, no question. If Biden can't win Pennsylvania, he doesn't win the election. Now, uh, Biden uh, committed the fuck up of all time right at the end of the last TV debate, just mm. at the end right. when his when his poor old brain was chugging out yeah. of steam, and he suddenly said, "I'm against fracking. Yeah. Uh, I'll make that illegal, and I am for the development of new clean air fuels." Yeah. Now, telling that in a Rust Belt state, coal steel state like Pennsylvania, and a fracking that, state that, as that well, that went down. Fracking state that. Went went down like a fucking cup Mm. of cold sick. Donald Trump has been making great hay with that. Well, they also put out, because he tried to deny that he said it, and then they put out all these great pieces of video Mm. in which it was very clear Mm. that that's what he said. And Kamala Harris as well had basically said she wanted to kill it. Yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, but Biden is a lifelong liar. He's a tremendous liar. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know... Well, this is Don- him playing the... the, the Donald the, Trump's no slump. I well, don't I mean, slouch you know, either. Yeah, but. I mean, they're both pretty good in that particular But, but, but Biden's a liar. He's but a for Biden liar. to try and set himself apart as the bloke who's occupying the moral high ground mm. because he's the good guy and, you know, we want to, resp- we want to respect our, our, our fellow people in America... We want to bring hope back mm. to America instead of despair. It all sounds great, but it means nothing. Literally nothing. Yeah. The other state that uh, is swinging Donald's wave, which they said he lost because of coronavirus, uh, is Florida. Yeah. Now, if it, you, you've got to win Florida because Florida always votes with the president. Whoever mm. wins Florida is the president. Yeah. It has been that since 1908. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that has been... That was swinging away from Trump but it seems to be swinging seriously yeah. back and I think he's uh, he's trying to sell a message which I wish we had over here which was Joe Biden will lock America down yeah. lock down yeah. he will lock you all down close your businesses not let you go to work uh, ruin your lives make you go bankrupt so we can beat this sort of flu thing mm. the coronavirus uh, Donald Trump say I want to keep America open yeah. uh, now I think even in Florida where most of them are way past their working age right. uh, they're thinking we do want to keep America open so maybe he can swing Florida if he gets Florida and Pennsylvania he's home and dry he is home and dry absolutely right so it's going to be fascinating but by the time you've uh, you've listened to this you mm. may well know more uh, than we yeah, do you'll currently. know you'll know whether or I'll not Mike wins 10 quid or I win 10 Yeah, quid. I thought it was $10. $10, all right, $10. Well, whichever currency you happen well, to have. Well, let's do 10 quid because we, they'll be easy I to get I can't remember on. if I've got dollars or not yeah, because exactly. I, I tend to, because I used to go back and forwards to America. You remember the good old days when you used to go, I fancy going to America this weekend. I'll jump on a plane on Friday. Mm. I'll come back overnight Sunday, coming into Monday. I'll take mm. Monday off. I'll work Tuesday. Yeah. That used to be something I did like twice a year yeah. to go and see my mother, my sister, maybe to go to New York for whatever reason. Now, 
I don't even know if I've got any dollars because I don't know if I'll ever need any. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I can't see when I'm next going to be able to go there, for God's sake. Can't you go know. anywhere now. Unbelievable. Can't, I can't even go to fucking Wales. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, I wasn't planning on a trip to Wales. Yeah. You know, I did all my trips to Wales when I was editor of the Welsh Mirror. That was enough for me. Nothing, yeah. to, nothing against you guys in Wales, of course. Uh, now, but I've got a lot against uh, the First Minister of Wales, Mark Drakeford. Well, oh, I was, I was saying on Plank of the Week, you know, I did think he was a total plank until... This week, when he now looks like he's, you know, he looks the most statesmanlike, the most sensible bloke in Britain, you know. Yeah, they're coming out now, but I mean, you know, this sort of lack of coordination. Yeah, but it, but I mean, what we don't hear, right, is whether when they do come out, they've actually managed to achieve anything. Have they achieved anything by this two-week lockdown? Does well, they never know? knew. They, that's the, the there's the, no measurement. The farce of it was they they said this. You know, we won't know by the end of the seventeen days whether or not they've been affected. Right. Sage and Witty and Valance have always wanted a two-week circuit breaker yeah. in England. Uh, they always said we don't know if it will work. Uh, they said we don't think the tier system will work. So all the things that are being proposed, no one knows if they're going to work. So how can you measure whether they did work? So they, so they said about... Well, so how can you tell whether it worked then? Well, you, you, you can tell in like two months' time. <laughs> so Witty and Valance, uh, you know, always Fucking said, uh, uh, you know, um, we, 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 we want to do the circuit breaker, not because we know it will work, but because we think we've got to do something. Here's a better idea. Okay. Do nothing. Yeah. Seriously. See do how nothing. That goes. Do nothing. Well, you know, Carl Hennigan was on with Julia this week, and he said he would have given it another seven days because mm. he's looking at the longer-term kind of, you know, um, information that they've got because he was the one that pointed out mm. that the original information they're using is already Four out weeks of date. Old. Too, weeks too old. old, right? Not, not true, not working. And if you'd given it another week, you might have seen, yeah. for example, as we're now seeing, yeah. that in Liverpool, the rate is going down. Yeah. That maybe in Scotland, it's starting to recover. Tier system perhaps, looks like it might be working. Yeah, perhaps it's actually working. How about you give it some time instead of just panicking and yeah. going, oh, Christ, you know, we'll have to do a lockdown for the whole of November. Well, you know, I don't, don't understand why. All these people, right, be it Johnson, be it Hancock, be it Witty, Valance, Sage... That what they're doing, that everything is being driven by their mutual terror mm. of the inevitable massive public inquiry that will come along. Mm. So they're all manoeuvring around. Uh, so Boris uh, doesn't want to be the guy who told the scientists to fuck off. The scientists want to make sure that uh, what they said uh, is recorded. Yeah. You know, so oh, it wasn't us, Governor. It wasn't them, Governor. It wasn't me. And that's what's going on. It's not really addressing the real problem. The real fucking problem here is uh, 99.5% of people who get COVID won't die of it. Uh, the majority of the country uh, not only haven't had coronavirus, they don't know anyone mm. who's had coronavirus. Right. The death rate is still vanishingly small and yet for to save, say, a couple of thousand old people dying from coronavirus, uh, we are completely destroying the welfare of 99.9999% of this population. Well, this is the thing. It's I mean, madness. I saw another stat today in which it said that most of those who are occupying hospital beds with COVID are over 85. Mm. You know, and it's a terrible thing. And if your elderly relative is suffering in that way, then it must be dreadful because I don't think it's a very nice way to die apart from anything else. No. But it's very, very difficult to turn the tide. It's like King Canute. You can't just stand there 
and make out that you can stop the waves. No, no. Because the waves are going to come, yeah, no matter lock, what. Lockdowns do not work. They postpone. Uh, so we've done one. It didn't work. Uh, what's the response? Oh, let's have another one. Mm. Uh, well, oh, let's we wait. can't There's overwhelm no the NHS. There's no vaccine for a year, <laughs> I guarantee you. And even when the vaccine comes along, because that's what they say they're buying time for, till we get a vaccine. Uh, 50, no, 50, they're just buying time. 50% of the country won't no, take it. No, they're literally just buying time. You know, you know they don't know why they're buying time. Yeah, they're yeah. just buying time. Just buying time. Just buying time. Don't know why. Because but that way, they're hoping something will change. I actually think that there are people in Downing Street who hope they're going to wake up one morning yeah. and it was all a bad dream. I mean, they, they are kicking, right? the, kicking the can yeah. down the road. Yeah, it's just like, look, let's just, you know. Yeah. Well, that's like, like the uh, furlough scheme. As I say, I, I'm certain Boris, one of the big motivators of going into lockdown uh, and announcing... Uh, that the furlough scheme would continue because he was terrified it was supposed to end uh, yesterday, Monday, mm. and two million people would automatically have been unemployed. Yeah. He was terrified But the bit that. that I don't get about that, right, is that if you're in the furlough scheme and you were being made redundant, then basically you would have been made redundant in the beginning of September because they have to give you that much notice, right? So any company that was considering letting people go would have already let them go. So this furlough scheme will not cover as many people it will only cover the people who weren't actually fired. Yeah. Because there's loads of people who were fired, and now it turns out they didn't have to be. So what are they supposed to do? Yeah, I know. Uh, but the whole thing about furlough ending is when it does end, it will, it will launch a kind of cascading avalanche of uh, unemployment uh, yeah. that, that by January many people think will be 6 million. Yeah, it could well so, be. So, but what's he doing? Just as he's doing with the disease itself, he's just kicking the can mm. down the road. In the end, Boris, you're going to have to collide, collide with reality. Face the music yeah. and possibly dance. Now, something that I didn't predict and something that you may not have predicted either, Fulham actually won a game. Uh, last night, yeah. I, I, I'm getting it in the... People, I'm in the shit with lots of people on Twitter because I'm spending <laughs> £14.95 to watch... Oh, what, do they not like bo- that? This box office What's is wrong with people? Well, it, it, they go, oh, well, you, you know, this is a con and you shouldn't be supporting it. Well, I, I kind of agree, but it's my team and I want to watch it. Anyway... Yeah, but also, what's it going to do with them? <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? Point, I mean, we right, now yeah. live in this I world about that, yeah. everybody's got a view yeah. of what you do. Yeah, yeah. What have you doing that for? Yeah. Why don't you fuck off? Yeah, fuck you. you know. I'm watching football. Fuck off. Right. Uh, anyway, so I tuned into last night's match, uh, having... Watched the last one I watched was uh, Crystal Palace and they beat us easily 2 0. Last night, so this is the first win of the season, yeah. Right? Oh, it's our first, we had one point before this out of mm. six games. So, it means you leapt off the oh, bottom. We, we, have, you, have we leapt off the salmon like we've leapt out of the relegation? No, zone. really, we're fourth from bottom. Christ, it must be with, bad down with there a, with a stellar four points. But we were very good against West Brom. Uh, I think there's a glimmer of hope. Uh, we have been a collection of very good players uh, trying to be a team, and they don't even know each other this lot. Uh, now I think uh, I reckon we'll, we'll survive I reckon we won't, won't get here's one I'm going to ask you about before we, we, we stop and luckily we've got a bit of extra time this week so people will be happy I think we're doing a long one what are you making this Martin Bashir story oh god it's great Princess Diana I think it's quite interesting because Earl Spencer right who is never um, one who's shall we say occupied the moral high ground as far as I'm concerned who was a pretty tasteless individual throughout most of his life he's a prick well you have certainly put it in a slightly different way but uh, I, I, he's I, always I, been a pompous he's always prick. been a pompous prick that's true yeah. um, and, but he's also hated the media for almost all of his life right yeah. and it seems bizarre to me that he's suddenly picking on the BBC I mean if it's I mean I was listening why to you the now? other day well yeah why, why now? now I don't get it I mean unless he's planning to get a book out there or something or he wants to make he's usually motivated by money 
Well, I don't think he's short of money in his uh, neck of the woods. But the point is that, as you said on your show at the weekend, you know, shock horror, BBC journalists use a subterfuge to get interviewed. Yeah. Um, you know, no, none of us should be surprised. Um, but it does slightly taint what, though, the right? sainted Bashir, doesn't it? But the, the, if the story, if Althorpe's um, uh, allegations are true mm. about Bashir, and by the way, I think we have to sort of accept there's a lot in them uh-huh. because the BBC has officially apologised yeah. to Althorpe about Although them. he calls it a piecemeal yeah, apology. Yeah, but, but they still have apologised. So they're sort of implicitly yeah. accepting that the allegations are true. Yeah. Uh, so he, what did he do? He created bank accounts to suggest that uh, uh, that uh, the head of security and Prince Charles's private secretary uh, were on the take. Uh, they weren't, yeah. by the way, but right. he, he created these yeah, yeah. false bank accounts. Uh, he uh, came up with uh, medical information to suggest that Prince Edward was dying and so was the Queen. He went to, if it's true, he went to extraordinary lengths Mm. to deceive Althorpe and Princess Diana. Now, you and I have been round some of the slimiest, scummiest journalists known to man Mm. uh, over the years. Uh, You know, and I've seen journalists uh, pull tricks that I wouldn't believe. Mm. Uh, uh, I've never really done it myself, couldn't be bothered. But... um, uh, I've never seen anyone go to the lengths no. to lie like that right. and to deceive a vulnerable woman uh, to get that interview. But if, if it's true what Bashir did, I mean, there's a part of me as a journalist, I quite admire him. But what a piece of shit oh, no. if he did Incredible. that. Incredible. And he was also, was he not something like their religious correspondent? Well, he is now. He's or the he religious is now. editor. Yeah. But he's now not very well, apparently. He's so got we wish coronavirus. Well. He's got coronavirus and, you know, hopefully he recovers from that. But it's just a very weird story. I intend to get to the bottom of it. I don't know quite yet what it all means, but I can't say that I have any great faith that Earl Spencer's doing it out of any kind of um, good reason, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's just very... Altruism's never been his his game, is it? Richard Kay, as always, very good in the Daily Mail Mm. today about it. Um, You know, he said that... um, I mean, first of all, I found out from Richard Kay's piece that apparently uh, Althorpe is... uh, Charles Spencer is a... um, Historian. Oh, is he? And a former reporter. Well, he used to work for NBC. That's right. So they gave him a job, not nothing to do with the fact that his uh, sister was the Princess of Wales. No, nothing to, nothing but whatsoever. Get, you know. Anyway, so what Richard Kay said was that he consulted his notes as a historian, mm. still immaculate after 25 years. Of course. Uh, and to, to just check all this, uh, and indeed that's what Bashir did. Well, why 25? Why didn't you say it before? Right. I mean, this was, if, if it's true what Bashir is accused of doing, it's the most disgusting piece of uh, lying... Chicanery. S- chicanery, sneaking, yeah. uh, cashing in on a poor Well, it could be illegal woman. as well, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, inventing documents yeah. in order to achieve deception. an aim. It's deception, criminal deception. I would say I that's probably illegal, yeah, yeah, borderline. Yeah. So, we'll so if he recovers, uh, I'm sure he will recover from coronavirus. I, I think he's got a, a pretty uh, rocky road ahead mm. from him, old Bashir. He certainly has. Well, by the time you've heard this, you may have a different uh, president of the United States of America. Uh, we may be about to go into lockdown. Uh, but what you can rely on, of course, is uh, Mr. Kevin O'Sullivan and myself keeping you informed and entertained. Uh, we are the Thought Police. People are very willing to accept that we live in this terrible Dickensian society. Dickensian ni- nightmare, you know, where, <laughs> where in fact, you know, people who do live they on the welfare there's, state. There's very, very few starving kids around. Well, I've never seen any. Yeah, uh, you know, mostly they're just fat. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the whole th- the thing about um, 
uh, food banks is. You know, again, like you, Mike, I wouldn't say that there aren't people who actually need food banks. Uh, there are some people who really do live in terrible poverty and food banks uh, are a nice service for them. But make no mistake, food banks are used as a political football yeah. by the left. So they're regularly used in press releases, such as nurses are so underpaid, yeah. they're turning to food banks. Yeah. Uh, you know, taxi drivers are turning to food yeah. banks. Uh, food banks are used, and then and then. And most of these stories are in the Guardian and, and, and or, they will or say, the Mirror. Well, of course they are. And they, Labour politicians will say that in the 21st century, a country like Britain needs food banks mm. is an absolute scandal and a disgrace. No, no, no. We'll, we'll get rid of them all. Won't make any difference. No. Despite the fact that Biden is ahead in all the polls. Um, there's been a very much of a closing in by definitely Trump. Definitely, the, the wind the big, has been The big changing, mo, as, yeah. as George Bush used to call it, is definitely with Trump. I think you'll win. I think you'll win the, uh, certainly win enough votes to stay in the White House anyway. Well, I'm going to bet you 10 quid. All right. Or $10. Well, you're going to take Biden. I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll take Biden for the sake of being different. Uh, I, I, I actually, I don't want Biden to win, but I think he will. I think it's quite interesting because Earl Spencer, right, who is never um, one who's, shall we say, occupied the moral high ground as far as I'm concerned. He was a pretty tasteless individual throughout most of his life. He's a prick. Well, you have certainly put it in a slightly different way. but uh, I, I, He's I, always I, been a pompous he's prick. He's always been a pompous prick, that's true. Yeah. 